Good evening, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Faithful Dogs podcast. I am Tyler Johnson, joined by Zach DeFranco, Jack Robinson. Gentlemen, how are we feeling tonight? Oh, man, I'm feeling tired but ecstatic about where we're going right now. Really? Where are you, where are yeah, you heading I, right now? Where are you I, heading right now? I'm Jack? talking about the Browns, man. We're on the up. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess I guess we'll get into that in a little bit here. We might we might we might we might discuss the Browns tonight. Anyway, it's a possibility. <laughs> before we get into tonight's episode of the Faithful Dogs podcast, uh, guys, if you are joining us on Facebook and YouTube and not yet subscribed to the channel, remember it is free to subscribe to the channel, and also we are giving away a listener's choice of any jersey they want when we reach a certain number of subscribers. It was a 1,000. We might be changing that. So just subscribe to the channel. Show us that you are subscribed to the channel and you are entered in, again, any jersey of your choice. Doesn't have to be, Br- and, have to and, be Browns, Ohio State, Cavs, yeah. whatever you want. Team USA, I know that they got knocked out early, but they're promising. But um, And anyone mm-hmm. who's already subscribed – like I know people keep asking me that question. Like if, if you're already subscribed, you're automatically enrolled in every single future giveaway we do for subscribers and they're mm-hmm. going to be more and more and more. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth it. It's free to subscribe on YouTube. It's not like Twitch anymore where you got to pay us money <laughs> to subscribe. It's free <laughs> and you guys, you guys reap all the rewards that we give out. So. Yep, exactly. And before, before we get into tonight's episode, uh, really starting off with some Browns news, we do want to take a second and hear from our daily fantasy sponsor, underdog fantasy what's up everybody we know that we know that daily fantasy never stops and network 216 is proud to be a partner with underdog fantasy very simple to use all you have to do is go to underdog go to underdogfantasy.com and you will just click the sign in button you'll create an account if you haven't done so already if you've not created an account it'll ask you to enter a code, enter code 216, and they will double your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy, live draft lobbies that you get to compete with you and your friends. It's no salary cap like DraftKings and FanDuel. You get to go to a draft lobby, pick the players you want, or you can do daily pickums, which give you access to all the NFL and NBA games for you to make your picks every single night. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com or use the Underdog Fantasy app on iOS or Android. Use code 216 to double your first deposit up to $100. Sign up today. And gentlemen, there's a lot to talk about regarding Deshaun Watson's debut, but before we do that, we should probably start off with um, just some of the news that's already happened this week. Browns linebacker Sione Takitaki has been placed on season-ending IR with a torn ACL injury. The team has signed um, Reggie Raglan, who was on the Raiders practice squad. Also, Anthony Schwartz, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz. He has been placed on IR. He's out at least the next four weeks with concussion. And they just claimed off waivers wide receiver Jalen Darden from Tampa Bay, who's also a kick returner slash punt returner. So um, just your initial thoughts on those moves that, that have been made this week. Dude, Sione Takitaki's tough. That was tough. Yeah, that's really, really rough. Like, losing Sione, I mean, we, we've just had really bad luck with our linebackers this this whole season. I mean, just mm-hmm. I, what that's like our third one, our third starting linebacker we've lost this season already. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, obviously we're not like the worst in terms of injury luck uh, in the league, but losing those guys, especially in a unit that has really been kind of like one of the brighter, 
the bright spots of our defense for a lot a lot of the, the year definitely sucks. Yeah, no doubt. And jo- Josh, appreciate you tuning in. MC Lawrence, thank you. And Darren Johnson, thank you guys. They're joining us in the chat. Any questions or comments, feel free to drop them down. We'll get to as many as we can. But kind of like what you talked about, Jack, I mean, it's it's a major loss. I mean, see, only Taki Taki came in. He was not a starter to begin the year. Jacob Phillips was there. Jacob Phillips is out for the year. So only Taki Taki's really stepped in. Oh, oh, and Anthony Walker, too. Yeah. My bad. Anthony Walker Jr. losing him. But Sealing Taki Taki stepped up and has been one of the better players on this defense. And now you're losing him. Um, kind of brings me into the next transition point. It's next man up right now. So now you're de- you have Reggie Raglan, Tony Fields, and Jordan Kuzmak, whatever, however you say his name. So how do you guys think the Browns can cope with this loss on defense? Because Taki Taki to me is one of the most important players on this defense right now. Well, I think we saw a little bit of it um, in the game against Houston is that you need a guy like Tony Fields to really step up into that role that Taki Taki was, was, you know, holding down for the entire season. I mean, he came in, he, he was instant impact. He was making plays. He was getting up in the face. He was getting pressures. Obviously he had big, he had big plays on special teams and on defense. You really just need him to kind of take that next step. I think uh, a lot of people were wondering what exactly his role in this team was going to be. Um, I think he's a third year player. Or is he a second year player? I'm pretty sure he's a second year player, but uh, yeah. Second year player out, yeah, of West, I, out of West Virginia. And, uh, I think that he just needs to take that next step. I mean, this is this is a really good good opportunity for him to really uh, become like a centerpiece in this in this defensive scheme, uh, kind of become the head of that room. Uh, we still don't know exactly whether or not Anthony Walker is going to be here next year. What Sione Takitaki's future on this team is going to look like, uh, and I think that even if Sione does come back, he might not come back until maybe mid to late next season because it's an ACL tear. So I think that this is Tony Field's room to kind of dominate and kind of become the main guy. So I, I, I'm really hopeful that he kind of, you know, takes this opportunity to really become the guy the rest of the season, hopefully the, the even moving forward. Yeah. I mean, he's young still, but I'm not even sure what role he will really play at linebacker moving forward, Tony Fields. But I mean, he looked, he looked good. I think he played, what did he play? 33 snaps. After yeah, he got, he, got, he, goes he got 33 snaps after Taki Taki went out. And he graded pretty high on PFF, but I mean, like, like he was kind of just thrown in there too. So let's see what he can do with a, like a week of preparation. Obviously you're facing a way more high powered offense there. They're the Bengals that we're going to get into later. They're on such a hot streak right now. But that being said, like, I, I, I think he shows promise. He's fast. He's not the biggest guy in the field, but he's quick. So it depends on where you know Joe Woods thinks he's he he fits best. I think they'll probably just kind of keep him at the mic, to be honest with you. But we'll see. His emergence to end this year is going to be what I think determines if they move JOK to strong safety. If Tony yeah. Fields can show that he can handle a full time job at linebacker, because Tony Fields coming out of West Virginia was the guy originally you thought would back up JOK. He's just he's that type of player. He's very versatile type of player. They've talked about whoever the new D coordinator is could look to move JOK there because he could really shine in that role. So, Jack, I want to bring this to you first because, I mean, we've all been very critical of Joe Woods, all, all of us, but you started it before anybody else, it seems like, um, with your takes on Joe Woods. 
in your mind, <laughs> because the defense is has looked better the last couple weeks that they have, is there a way Joe Woods can save his job? Of course there's a way that Joe Woods can save his job. Uh, it, I mean, it all really comes down to how much progress can they make in these last few weeks. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people think that that this is going to be like a, a foregone conclusion that he's just gone. And I think that if, if the season had been going the way that it, it continued to be going, like if we, if we had maybe lost, uh, lost a few weeks ago and we weren't on a two game winning streak. And if the defense had been sluggish against the, the Texans, and then we go into these last four or five games and we just are kind of middling to not very good, then I think that, it would be uh, it would be foregone. He would be gone. But if he comes out and he is able to, you know, be decent, be competitive, and look like he's getting the most out of his guys, which he has, he's been doing a little bit this the, the last couple of weeks. I think that there's a good chance he can keep his job just because Kevin Stefanski, I feel like, isn't going to fire him unless he knows for sure that the, that the guy cannot work in in like uh, as as the leader of that defense like i because i just don't think that kevin stefanski if he because I, th- I like a lot of people are saying well well if he fired him like wh- why why would he uh like why wouldn't he why would he wait until the end of the season um like why wouldn't he just do it now and i mean i there, there's a whole lot of these i just think that kevin's not the guy to fire somebody unless he knows for sure that that's like the best decision to make so unless there's a huge breakdown the rest of the season on that defensive, uh, on that defensive side, I just don't see Joe Woods leaving. But again, we still have four or five more games to go, so we'll see what happens. I think that that he's, I, I like, I, I think a lot of people want to give him his props for what happened on Sunday. I don't know whether or not to give him full props for that or to give Kyle Allen half of the props because I mean, he just he gave Joe Woods basically just uh, like probably one of the best performances of of his tenure as the Browns DC yeah yeah I, I think but I, I'm sorry, sorry you go, Zach. I, I I think <laughs> I think a big thing that that was really like promising was how like Damian Pierce when he gets the ball early and often he's a good running back he's not like a, a big receiving back but he gets the ball early and often and he he's been given defenses problems he gave the Eagles problems so I, I think the fact that we're like starting to shut down running games now too, I think we're starting to see a little bit of more promise out of Perry on Winfrey as well. So I don't know. I like I don't think he's gonna save his job. I think regardless he's gone because this is two years in a row now where it's like back half of the season, then the defense starts to get it together. And on top of that, it's because he has to dumb down his own scheme. So I don't think that's gonna save his job at all. But if we can finish hot, like I said last week with you, Jack, if we can finish hot and go on a big win streak and see if we can make playoffs and go from there by, by any means, man, like I, I would love that. Like, obviously I would like it if we went, if we moved on from Joe Woods, because I think that we all see the cycle. We all see how sometimes the things he does just don't work. And that, I mean, it takes him what until week 10 to start figuring it out, to start maybe like making, putting out a scheme. It doesn't like, I don't, I don't want him back. I'm not saying that 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 I think and hope that he's back if he gets it all together because I don't know if if him getting all together at the end is indicative of what's going to happen at the beginning of next season because we all thought last season that moving into this season it was going to be really good. But I do think that just because of the way that Joe Woods has been incorporated into this 
into this team, you know, with Andrew Barry and with Kevin Stefanski, that they're not going to rush to move off of him unless there is like a major, like, unless he hit just he's his incompetence and some of the issues that he has continues, con- just completely continues into the end of the season. And now that we've kind of had a break where it's like, okay, two weeks where you can't really look at the defense and say that that's like a glaring issue. Like it's, it's one of those things where if, if we kind of move past that and it becomes less consistent, like he's less consistently awful. I feel like there's a chance that they, that those two just might be able to get pass off just saying, okay, well, he just needed another year. Uh, we need to focus more on the defensive tackle position that like they'll, they'll find w- ways to kind of let him stay rather than having to fire him and get a whole new defensive staff in there, which I think is what they need. See, Jack, I think it's nearly a foregone conclusion that this is the end of Joe Wood's time in Cleveland. I from hope. Some, from some things I've read and the fact that there have been a lot of disappointment within Berea of the development of these young defensive players, and that ultimately falls back on the defensive coordinator and not playing them to their strengths to where they can succeed. And you're seeing a lot of regression. I mean, Greg Newsom did have his best game of the season, so that's great to see. But Greg Newsom has been disappointing this year when you're moving him to the slot, which I don't think is his position. You have another scenario. JOK has been moved everywhere, but they even used him earlier in the year when Anthony Walker went down at middle linebacker. Oh, my bad. After Phillips went down, they used JOK at middle linebacker, which is not something he can play. Like, that's just not who he is. And it's just a scenario. He's not playing to the strengths of his players. And they've and you have players calling him out. Miles Garrett directly pretty much calling mm-hmm. him out. I, I think it's beyond return. Regardless of whatever Joe Woods does, I, I think – I'm not saying Stavansky is the one making this call because I think it is a collective – like a collective unit. I really do. I, I think Joe Woods is gone. I, I think the entire defensive staff is probably gone after this year. And Yo, I think Mike, I, I Mike think- Preeper is gone too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think there's one person that could be safe, and that's Kiffin on the defensive line. But yeah, other than that, other than that, I think yeah, like like you said, Tyler, I think it's going to be a whole revamp on the defense side of the ball because that coordinator is going to come in and want to pick his staff anyways. Yeah, and that's and I have uh, nothing who, against Chris Kiffin. I think Chris Kiffin's gotten kind of screwed, to be honest with you, by Andrew. Oh Barry yeah, with dude, not having, with not having the personnel. So I mean, I'm all for keeping Chris Kiffin. I, I mean, I'm for that. But like you said, Zach, if you have a new guy coming in, he's going to bring in his own people. It, it's rare in the NFL where we see the same like position coaches retained. Now you see it in college a lot, but not as much in the pros. MC Lawrence asked a good question. What's up with Deion Jones? Well, Deion Jones will be starting now. Mm-hmm. Tony Fields is playing ahead of Deion Jones. So mm-hmm. that'll, that, it, but now <clears throat> you need two live, two linebackers on the field three linebackers, Deion Jones will be back on the field. So that's basically where he is. Okay, gentlemen, y'all fit in the room before we move on to Cincinnati. The Browns did win this game, first and foremost. That's really all that matters at the end of the day is they did win the game. They beat the Houston Texans 27-14 to without an offensive touchdown. I never thought I would (laughs) ever say that, given how this team has looked this year. Deshaun Watson. We could talk about any other offensive player. We could talk special teams. We could do whatever. But Deshaun Watson was 12 of 22, 131 yards, six yards per attempt, a pick. Um, What are your guys' initial thoughts? Bad interception. Yeah. What were your guys' initial thoughts on his performance? I I said it. 
I just can't believe the amount of people that were just expecting him to come in and Dude. be this top five quarterback after not playing 700 <laughs> days of football. Like, like, okay, here's the thing. So now you guys got me talking. All right. We saw it, right? We saw it. There's that one, that one play where he just somehow avoided a sack from his blind side and right up the middle from the center pressure. And you're like, Oh wow. Like that's the guy you, you traded the farm for. And then, you know, obviously he had those plays on his feet where if he didn't get tripped up, he, there was green grass ahead. Like you, you saw what you traded for, but the fact that some people expected this dude who hasn't played a down of live football, like practicing is one thing going to the uh, Caribbeans with your team and playing on sand is one thing and learning the scheme and learning the timing with your wide receivers, but playing against a live defense, granted it's the Texans. I get it, but it's still a live football game and they expect him to come out here and like, 300 yards, four touchdowns, dude, like automatic, like best, best QBR in, in, in the, in week 13 in the NFL. No, that's not going to happen. I, I honestly, I, I'm happy with just coming out there with a win that week. Cause w- before that DPJ touchdown, I was like, what the hell are we watching, dude? Like, I thought it was going to be a disaster. I thought we're going to – we were all talking win out. Some people were talking winning out the rest of the season with Deshaun, and I was like, oh, we're about to ruin that week one with Deshaun against the Texans. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy we came out with a win. It, it seemed like the team did rally behind him. They, they knew. Even Brandon Cooks said it. I don't know if you guys saw that clip of Brandon Cooks going up to Deshaun saying, it's going to take time. Dude, you haven't played mm-hmm. a game a live, a live football down in 700 days. Like yeah. The fact that they expect this dude to come back out and be Patrick Mahomes, like you got to set realistic expectations for this guy. I think we'll have a better week next week. Don't get me wrong, but still like be happy. You came out with a win this week. Yeah, I think Glor- glorified Watson- preseason game, glorified preseason game. That's what it was. I think with, I think with Watson, man, it's just, there are so many people and I, and I'm not saying they need to feel a certain way at all. There are just a certain group of fans that want to see him fail. It's completely understandable given the situation, but to come mm. in and expect a guy that hasn't played football in 700 days to come in and be a Pro Bowl quarterback, one, is just not humanly possible. I think we saw it's going to take it's going to take time. I mean, the second half of the year is great to where he can get his feet wet. I do have to say, Tony Grossi should have retired 30 years ago. Like, why are you asking Kevin Stefanski – if Deshaun Watson is going to be your starting quarterback against Cincinnati, he's like, oh, it's a must-win game. Oh, Deshaun Watson's going to be our quarterback, and we're going to – like, okay. Like, why are we asking this question? Are, are we that oh. starved for attention, this, these, these people in the media, that we have to ask if the guy that we paid $230 million in guaranteed money is going to be the starting quarterback next week? Like, So that was Tony Grossi? I didn't, it I was Grossi. I don't know who it, Gr- yeah. Grossi actually tweeted it. Oh my God! People like he—he—he's just desperate, man. He—he he cannot get like no one pays for his, knows, for his website. I don't even think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I don't he's, even. He—he he he doesn't. He—I mean, it's just—it's craziness. Uh, like you—I I mean, come on. You traded I, you traded all these first round picks for him. You gave this dude the most guaranteed money in the NFL history. Yeah, let, let's bench him after one game when he finally gets to come back and get his feet wet. Yeah, like, man. Yeah. I mean, I know the players, the players in that locker room, and I'm sure the coaches are not saying, you know, let's just play for momentum going into next year. They're probably saying, let's, let's, you know, let's see how the cars fall. Just, you know, want to know every week, control your own destiny. But as realistic fans, you have to understand, like one loss, we're basically, I, I would say, we're out. You know, it's it's over. So 
the team is building momentum heading into next year. Let's just show some glimpse of hope and then build off of that next year. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's going to be your starting quarterback regardless. He can go out next week and go 12 of 30 for 100 yards, and he's still going to be your starting quarterback against the Ravens. It's just that would be painful. Deshaun could throw four interceptions on four straight uh, dropbacks on four straight possessions, and on the fifth possession, he would be still under center. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like everyone, I like like you guys were saying it. I don't know who here thought, who at all thought that Deshaun was going to come out and light the world on fire. I was surprised he didn't get a touchdown. Like I thought he was going to get a touchdown, mm-hmm. but obviously he, he, he was way lustier than I think even a lot of people thought more than he even thought that he was going to be because I mean, he came out, he was underthrowing. He was, his mechanics looked really kind of jumpy. Um, But the thing is that, that those are all things that can be fixed. Those are all things that once he gets into the rhythm of, of things, like he was getting, he was making the right look. He was making the right lead and he was making the right pass. The pass just wasn't accurate. It didn't have a zip on it. It was a little bit too low. Uh, some, and, and heck, even sometimes he was, you know, may, scrambling. Maybe you could say a little bit too early. You could say that he just didn't have it. The he, he's even was saying he just felt out of shape. He felt like he wasn't up to speed. Uh, like, and that's all stuff that you'll that he'll just get over and slowly, you know, we we uh, like we introduce himself to the game, and that's all what we expected. So, I mean, the fact that he came out and you know still had at least some looks that made you say, Oh yeah, this guy can definitely do something. And he made some really nice passes. He did make some pretty nice downfield, but I don't think anyone ever expected him realistically. Like, you know, like, I don't think anyone who can be honest would say that they thought that he was going to come out and immediately be like dropping three touchdowns at 300 yards. It just, no. I, I don't, I like, I don't understand what, where people were coming with that. And the it's... idea of benching him is completely idiotic. Like, dude, you have to get the rest shaken off of him at some point. And people are like, well, why don't you just I, – I did see this comment. Why didn't you just finish the year with Jacoby as quarterback? If Watson goes into next year, two full years away, removed from not yeah. playing football, it's going to be even worse. Like, you have to get him on the field. And I'll say this, the offensive line did not do him any favors on no. Sunday at all. No. I don't know what's happened. I did see someone um, – maybe it was Cody Shook from um, – the OBR, it was someone from the OBR said that the thing that you notice is the tackles and that they might not be used to Watson's cadence. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, he, he's done it in practice, it's different when it's on the field. It's different than Jacoby. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but that offensive line has got to be better because you have a guy who hasn't played football in nearly two years. You got to give him some help. You really do. And when he did make a play, I don't want to jump on Schwartz because I feel bad he's in concussion protocol. That's brutal. If you're out four weeks with a concussion, there's something more to that. I um, hope he gets better. But, dude, Watson had a great play to create, had a pass to Schwartz. Dude, just hang on to the football. Like, maybe you get some momentum going from that play. Instead, it just ruined your momentum that Watson had on that drive. Yeah, teammates yeah. have to do him favors, man. And on Sunday, Ex- yeah. Watson was not great, but they have got to pick him up their quarterback and they didn't do that yeah and that and and, yeah and that's what i'm saying that's why we're so lucky that the defense a defense that hasn't really created turnovers all year 
gets two defensive touchdowns and there's pick six and a fumble recovery touchdown. And then DPJ, I'm sorry, of all people, I did not expect that return. I did not expect that from DPJ. I, He's been close to breaking one off a couple times this season. Like he, there's been a couple of times where like, if he was just one step faster, if he had just like broken out of one tackle, he would have broken off. Uh, I mean, the, the second he got, he got into that, uh, he got to like the, the 40 yard line. He was gone. Like there was no one around him. Like he, he got past that second tackle and he was, there was no one between him and the end zone. So, I mean, he, he's got a great, like, vision he's got really good shiftiness like once he gets the ball in his hands and i mean they, they just gave him like a like way too much space to start picking up some speed uh that that was an incredible run back also an important statistic that everyone wants to point out so i'm gonna point it out nick chubb under 20 carries the browns are undefeated and normally when he has under we lose he had 17 carries and we won so just want to throw it out that little wow. tidbit of information yeah. incredible <laughs> What what are the odds of that one happening? I uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was I thought it was impossible. I did. Yeah, it was impossible. True. <laughs> Before it is kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy though, because you think of it, we didn't even throw the ball thirty times, and we didn't run the ball twenty times. Well, no, That's that crazy. game was. I'm not gonna lie. We couldn't move the ball, man. This this game was kind well, of, and boring. we won though, Tyler. That's what I'm saying. That was this crazy. game was kind of boring because we we didn't do anything like on Texans, offense. I'll say that we didn't do anything on offense except for getting to field goal range a couple times. And then just like our defense would go out there and then it would be like three draw, th- three plays, turnover, touchdown. Uh, cool. The defense is back on the field. Like what was, the, I, what was the time of possession difference? Like I, it must've been like three to like, like uh, two to one for the Texans because like they, they just had the ball for like half. We the had the ball game. 30. We had the ball 32 minutes. They had the ball 27 minutes. How is that possible? I don't understand. It seems like we never had the ball. <laughs> Maybe it's because when when um we did have the ball, especially in that fourth quarter or end of the third, we really just bled the clock. Yeah, I guess we were running all yeah. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's it didn't seem like we had the ball that for that long. So like yeah, oh gosh. It it, it it that was definitely a game that you I'm I'm not gonna rewatch the highlights for that one because it's Me like neither, it's no. like four plays and then that's the whole thing. It's like, yeah, if, whatever. If we play any other so, team, we lose. Yeah. Oh, absolutely hundred percent. We don't just lose, we probably get blown out, dude. If we play Davis but, Mills, that might it might be a, a closer game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Davis Mills wasn't really lighting it up either. That's why he got benched. Well, yeah, but he's well, not he's coming doing back what Kyle Allen's doing. Like whatever yeah. the heck Kyle Allen is doing, I don't Hey, he's a he's an incredible driver of tanks. I I don't know if he was like trained in the army or something, but like he can drive a tank. Before we move on and talk um talk about the Bengals here, guys, what do you think about some of the wrinkles you saw in the offense? Stefanski didn't give away a whole lot. He really didn't, and there was no reason to in this game. What were just some of your takeaways from this? RPOs. The fact that they had R- yeah yeah the RPOs. And that they did have designed ones for Deshaun. Like I was surprised mm-hmm. that they ran them. I thought that they would avoid it because obviously he's rusty. You don't want to get put him in a position where he can get hit, or put him in a position where because he's not, you know, used to the cadence of you know pulling from Nick Chubb, that he uh, that he fumbles it or something stupid happens. But the, no, they they I mean they ran like what like two designed run plays where it's like he immediately was just going with it. Like I'm surprised, yeah. and I'm and I'm. Curious to see how much more they get him involved in the run game when you know you you have Nick Chubb just sitting there just grinding 
And then all of a sudden, oh, now it's Deshaun Watson, and you have to completely shift the way that you look at the at the Browns' offense. I mean, that's something that we all knew was going to be a wrinkle in this offense, but the fact that they're bringing it out so early and they're making it a point to say, "Hey, this is something that we can do, and we're going, to, and we're not going to be afraid to do it," even though you know Deshaun might still kind of uh, be, you know, be still learning the offense. We're still going to do stuff that might make you, you know, look think twice when you when you load up the box on us. Yeah. Well, and something too, Jack, is the a wrinkle we did not see, and we will see it because we saw it. We saw video from practice, the element of Chubb, Hunt, and Watson in the backfield. Mm-hmm. We will see it at some point because this is Hunt's last year with the Browns. Yeah. So I expect to see it at some point. I have no idea when. I'm glad they ran Watson, though, because at some point, man, you got to – you got to – he's got to use his legs. Like, you got to get him involved and – like Stefanski said, they don't know how long this is going to take, like for him to shake this off. This is like Watson said, it is week one. It was week one for him and week 12 for everybody else. That's just three out. And really, mm. you could argue it was the preseason for him and exactly. it was week 12 for everybody else. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I love the comment he said where he said, I felt all 700 of those days. Like, it's true. Like, he's, you're going to come out and you're going to be like, Oh shit, this, this is real. This, this is football. This is this. then you, it's, he says like riding a bike, I think. Right. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's like riding a bike. Similar, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't think it's like riding a bike, bro. I'm sorry, but now <laughs> you're, you, you haven't played a live down of football in forever. You're, you're going to get out there and you're going to realize, Oh, these, it's not practice anymore. They, they, they can hit me if they want to, you know? So it'll happen I with time. Say- I do expect, I do expect a better week next week though. I do. I do too. I, I think I don't think again he's gonna like light it up, but I think he'll be more efficient mm-hmm. than he was. And I think it's a positive though that he's missing low as opposed to missing high. Going from le- like low up to your chest, that's a lot easier to fix than if you're missing high. So the fact he's missing low is good because that also prevents picks that way. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact he's missing low is a good sign. But also something to keep in mind, guys, especially as when we do talk the in the off season, the Browns are gonna add another wide receiver at some point. If you're going to go empty with Watson, which they are, and we saw it a decent amount on Sunday, dude, you need bot. You need more receivers. I, I mean, yeah. because David Bell looks like he'll be fine. That's good. Schwartz hurt. You brought in Jalen Darden, who I actually, I like him personally. He's only 23 years old. Tampa Bay is loaded at receivers. So I don't really think that's a, a knock against him. Came in the same draft class as Schwartz. He could be that little slot guy, especially if you go four or five wide. Jalen Darden's a perfect guy for that. But I was at Cooper and DPJ, dude, it is slim pickings there. It really is. And I told yeah. you guys that. Like, if anyone gets hurt, you're it, it's not good for the offense. And I think we're starting to see that, unfortunately. And I'm hoping that they, in the offseason, they bring somebody else in because I think you're going to have to. Maybe even two more guys in. You need competition there for I, Watson. And I know Tyler. I know me and you talked about it with uh, Jack Duffin on Twitter, mm-hmm. but the, the fact that he agrees with us that they're going to draft for the future, you know, they're going to draft for the future, and then the free agency, they'll, they'll they'll probably bring in the needs they need on defense. So, yeah, I won't be shocked if this year, if you see the Browns draft a wide receiver with their first pick in the draft. So, people think it, people already think you're crazy when you say that draft a D tackle. No. no. I'm addressing I'd rather sign a defense tackle. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. pay someone that's going to instantly produce for you at defense tackle. Stop risking it with these with these rookies. We, we, we've tried that a lot. 
Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, Perion Winfrey. We have not gotten the production we thought we were going to get. Maybe that does fall on Joe Woods, but draft for the future on your offense at wide receiver. And go from there because eventually Mari Cooper's not going to be on this roster anymore. So it's an unfortunate have reality. Backup plans. Yeah. Same thing it's we have. With, we talked about with same thing we talked about two years ago with Odell and Jarvis. It's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll and they will prepare accordingly. So like, I will say I think um, uh, Booty Kayshawn Booty from uh, LSU, him going back for his senior year is a little bit of a not a. It, it's a bummer for the Browns, not just because again, like we've drafted LSU guys, but he's the type of George Pickens like talent that hasn't quite put it fully together at this point and the Browns were interested in Pickens. So he's the type of guy they would have a lot of interest in. So it's unfortunate he went back to school, but Jack, what are your thoughts, man? I mean, because we're really going to see that wide receiver depth tested, especially if the Browns want to spread it out more with Watson. And it looks like that's going to be the case. Yeah. You just need more guys. And and I definitely think that it makes more sense to take a rookie wide receiver in the second round over a rookie D tackle because D tackle, I think is just a way more uh, you like, it's a, it's a position that needs a lot more development unless like you're like one of those just thoroughbred, just insane competitive guys. Like you're, if you, if you get an Aiden Hutchinson somehow in the second round, then yeah, you start him, you get him, but who knows if you're, if, if a guy like that even exists Uh, wide receiver. I mean, we've been seeing just even from this, just look at this draft, look at all the guys, all the, all the rookie wide receivers who are making impacts, uh, mm-hmm. on, on, on their teams, like all over the place. I mean, ju- you can just look at George Pickens individually. I mean, he's like the number one target now in, in Pittsburgh. He's, he's incredibly athletic. He's really good. Obviously he's, you know, held back by uh Matt Canada offense, which does kind of, you know, suck for him. But I mean, wide receivers are just getting better and better out of the college, out of college game. And so it makes way more sense for the Browns to take a guy in college who is going to be cheap, you're going to have for a long time and is already based at a pretty decent level that you can develop, but he's already going to be able to start in an, in an NFL capacity, then get a D tackle that is already, that has already been developed or has already proven at least something that he can do and just bring him in, pay him money and then not have to worry about developing him. It, it just makes way more sense to get a guy who's already established on at that position than to waste a pick and then hope that either whether it's Joe Woods or whoever the heck the de- the defensive coordinator is, hope that he develops him correctly so that he becomes an actual like future f- uh, future piece for the D line. Yeah, and, and, and there was a and there and there was a defensive tackle they tried to make a trade for on the deadline that they will make a push for in March. I know yeah. we can't say names right now, but we all all three of us know who I'm talking about. But mm-hmm. they they made they made they tried to trade for him at the deadline. And just nothing came, nothing happened. Barry even kind of like hinted at it, but they will make a push for him in March. So that's why I believe that they will address those needs in free agency and draft for the future for now on drafts. Well, and, and Zach, that's what Jack Duffin tells us all the time is you want to address your needs in free agency and prepare for the future through the draft. I mean, this draft mm-hmm. class, it's not as loaded at wide receiver. There'll be plenty of time to talk draft, but there are some guys that will be available on, on day two when the Browns select that I would absolutely love in this offense. So it's going to be fun. See what happens there. Um, Josh, real quick, before we move on, I, I saw this. Um, the NFL is going to bury Watts. Like these shows are going to bury Watson. It's the way it is. It doesn't have, it, it's just how it is, man. 
he has not looked on favorably. He, it's going to take a while. But that's just the way it is. And Random Cardboard says <laughs> Random Cardboard says and find a replacement for Wills, please. Willis, that's that's the million dollar question. We'll see what happens with Jed Wills. I think they'll end up picking up his fifth year if they don't have another solution in place. Because at that point you got to protect yourself. Like at least ha- have the bases covered there. So but guys, as we're moving on, but and the Browns are going to take on the Cincinnati Bengals this week, this weekend here in uh, Cincinnati. Christmas is coming up. I mean, it's really about three weeks away, actually, mm-hmm. and there's no better time. I don't know how you guys feel, but if I'm buying something for one of my best friends, my dad, I- I'm going to homage for all my gear. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Have to. So I- you have to. It- and and like, what's your favorite about, thing about homage? What's your favorite thing about homage and the clothing they have? I think I just I love I love that retro look. I do. Mm-hmm. I love that retro look, man. You can't beat it. And honestly, I believe it was a uh, it was in February before we even partnered with them. And I was in Crocker Park, and I went to the store, and it was homage. And I'm like, dude, this is the kind of store I want to go to. This is the kind of clothing brand I want to get. They had retro Ohio State. Retro Cavs, the NBA Jam style stuff. I'm like, dude, this brings you back to my like prime childhood, like nostalgia. So that that's what I love about it, and it's so comfortable. Come on, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's the big it, thing is that like I got a, I have like old stuff, like old Brown stuff or old Cavs stuff that you know it it's sentimental to me. So like obviously I keep it, but I mean it's worn down. It's not super comfortable anymore. But like you go to homage and they have a lot of the same stuff. In fact, they make stuff that even looks the same as the stuff that you could have gotten back then. So it's got that retro look. It's got that nostalgia factor. And you wear like their shirts, you wear their hoodies. It's all super comfortable, really good materials, really high pro- uh, like value, uh, really high quality. I mean, I homage is just like it's and you go there and they just have a million things there. You basically mm-hmm. want to, and so you can get everything for any sport, any team, anything. So like they, they just have such a great mix of like value options, uh, comfort, just size, like size, like everything, everything you would want from, from homage you can get. So like, yeah. it's, it's and, one of the best, best places to get clothing. And if you want, if you want to surprise your dad, your grandpa, like imagine them opening up a gift and it's that retro even like a starter's jacket, a hoodie of Cleveland Browns that they wore back in the eighties. And they're like, dude, how did you get this homage, man? Homage, put them on the homage. You won't go wrong. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's great that Christmas is coming up too. It's not my money that I have to spend on all the gear. I can ask for it and hopefully, <laughs> get, hopefully get some of that that way. Like, because again, I, I talk about many times, if I had an unlimited amount of money, probably three fourths of it would go towards homage gear. It's that comfortable, and it's it's also, I mean, again, it's the so- softest clothing, but that retro look you just can't beat. So can't beat hopefully, um, we put we put it we put it here in the description. Go click that link. That, It'll take that, you. That's the link to this hoodie I'm wearing right now. Mm-hmm. It's, dude, it's so comfortable, bro. The fighting brownie, I love it. I love it. Yep. So ch- guys, go check out homage today and. Um, be sure to tell everyone Network 216 sent you. So, guys, yeah. the Browns are returning to Cincinnati. The first time with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns. What are your guys' expectations for this game on Sunday? Let's just start there. What are your expectations for this game? 
Well, I am expecting that Deshaun is still going to be rusty. I think that he's going to probably not be asked to do a lot more than what he did uh, against Houston. And to be honest, the, the Bengals still, their, their defense is still kind of roughed up. They still are missing a lot of their secondary. Uh, they, they did have a really good game against, against the chiefs last week. Um, but I think that they're going to probably just go back to what they've been doing all year, which is they're going to run the ball with Nick Chubb. They're going to be establishing the game. They, they're probably going to be seeing if Deshaun maybe is more comfortable passing this week. Um, I think that he's going to be passing a lot more uh, once we get, especially if we get into the red zone. Um, but I, I don't, I think that the Browns are going to do what they've been doing against the, the, the Bengals basically every single time we've played them in the Kevin Stefanski era, they're going to establish the running game and they're going to say, stop Nick Chubb or the game, or we're just going to keep running him. Yeah. And the Bengals are going to come out thinking differently than they did last time too. And they couldn't stop Nick Chubb. So they're going to come out thinking, okay, now they got Deshaun Watson at quarterback. Now we have to take that into account. So that, and I hope Njoku's back. I'm sure he is, but I hope Njoku's back. But that being he said, he practiced fully today. He's expected back on Sunday. Let's go. But I, I am still a little nervous about this one, guys. I am. I, I just, well, of course. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we've had their number. We've had their number. But this is just, I, ex- I expect it to t- kind of turn into a shootout, though, because you know, before the season started, the wide receivers and the DBs, they all talk their talk to each other. And now they got Jamar Chase coming back. They didn't have Jamar Chase last time. So now, we're going to see it. We're, we're going to see it happen. Joe Burrow is going to probably have a Joe Burrow game. So we might have to rely on Deshaun Watson to kind of just, okay, knock off that rust. Like, let's go. It's it's time to time to keep us in this game. So we'll see, but I am a little nervous about this one. Let me, let me, let me uh, play devil's advocate here, Zach, because I'm there with you with this game. Let's say it does get into a shootout. Can the Browns at, Again, I, this isn't a knock on Watson. It's the fact he hasn't played in 700 days, like cons- like just a bunch of consecutive games. Can he win the Browns a game right now? If it comes down well, to a what, shootout with Joe Burrow, can he do it? So that's what I was going to ask you guys. Do you think those instincts would kick back in? Because in Houston, he was known for like comebacks and being able to have that clutch factor. Do you think that instinct would just kick back in with Deshaun? Or do you think it would still be, uh, it's too rusty, his throws aren't there right now? Or do you think it's the complete opposite that 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 it factor just kind of clicks again? Well, he, I, I, he oh, was he Jack, could still make bad. those throws. Like, I, like he we saw during the game that there were th- there there were passes, and that he had the instinct, and that he had the the reaction time that we all expected him to have. The issue is, is that just having all of that mixed together, having the reaction time, having the throws on the run, having the accu- the deep ball accuracy. He's not all the way with all of those. Like he was getting, he was getting out of the pocket, rolling and then throwing it to deep to, to, to David Bell. They didn't really take short. many deep shots, dude. They I know really they didn't get a lot of deep shots. shots. He's going to have to on Sunday, man, or else yeah, they're going to, he's going to have to air it out. Oh, he's going to have to air it out. But, but I'm just saying that that if you, if you look at what like what he would do in a, in a situation in which you would you would need to come back, he he can make those shots that that are at least like not super far down the field, but I mean like tw- 15, 20, 30 yards, like that one pass to to uh, Amari Cooper that 
he he saw him, he went through his progressions, and he would have probably hit him if he wasn't super rusty, but his mechanics were just bad, and he threw it short. He threw it at his feet. Those are the things that, like, the fact that he's able to still do that after 700 days of not playing shows that he still has the mental fortitude to be able to make plays, see plays, break down def- the defense, understand where everybody is, and like go through the progression to be able to do the things that he was able to do two years ago. He just needs yeah. to get into the phys- physical rhythm and to be able to understand like what his body can and can't do. And then hopefully knock the rust off and be able to really understand like, okay, how, how hard do I have to throw this? What timing, what, how much touch. And once he gets back to that, maybe, you know, maybe kind of what you're saying, like, he'll just like just snap out of it and be able to just like make those throws again. Now, will he still probably make a couple of mistakes? Will he probably, will we still be seeing balls thrown into the thrown short or thrown into the, into the dirt? Yeah. But I think we're also going to start seeing more of those passes that were short actually hit guys in the chest, hit them in stride. And then we'll slowly be building back to that. But I do, I, I think that he, if, if we, if we put him in a situation where we said you need to pass and we need you to, to like make plays to get us down the field. I think that he could do that. Uh, considering that we've seen the, we've already seen the ingredients for it last week or on Sunday. I think it yeah. comes down to a very simple factor here. Can the O-line protect him? And I say this because, again, the game is so much faster when you're live as opposed to in practice, in a script, whatever it might be, um, going against air. Everything is so much more sped up. If the Bengals speed up Watson, I think we see a little bit more of what we saw in Houston. It's a guy that's going to abandon the pocket quickly. He's going to try and use his legs to create plays. I will say the thing that's very encouraging about Watson, and again, I'm not taking – a shot here in our former quarterback, but the fact that Watson has shown just the time that he's put in while he's away, not just with Quincy Avery as quarterback coach, but actually, I don't know if you guys caught this um, during the broadcast. He asked when he got to Cleveland, he wanted film of Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones. So he could learn exactly how they cut off their routes, how they run hmm. certain routes. That way he could get that timing down mentally. So Dude, he's I love a smart that out of the quarterback, man. Tyler, he's a smart quarterback, bro. He is like, he is. like th- that's why, like, I love, like, I just love talking to Sean Watson, the football player, because, dude, I don't know if you guys watched that video of him with Kurt Warner breaking down film. Fantastic. Dude, he's a smart quarterback, bro. He's probably literally the smartest quarterback we have had on this team since '99. Like, he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Josh Dobbs, dude. Like, I mean, Josh Dobbs was the smart quarterback. Best of luck to him. But I'm just saying, like, he's a smart quarterback, dude. He knows how to study film. He wants to study film. He wants to get better. It's just about shaking that game time rust off and being able to like that live, that live time of actually like taking a rush and to bring up your point about the offensive line. I think you're kind of seeing the, the third string center effect, you know, like yeah, that rush every single time he had to have, uh, get abandoned the pocket is because all that rush was coming right in. Wyatt Teller's kind of playing a little sloppy since his injury too, but Froholt, Dude, and people people saying like, oh, well, you should have prepared for that. No, you don't prepare to lose both. You don't prepare to lose both your centers, dude. Like, especially like that. Like, yeah, no, you, no, no. I don't think any team in the NFL right now has prepared to lose two centers. And well, you came and in too, you mentioned and he was playing Teller. well, dude. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Teller, his performance. I, I think that's fallen off since Ethan Posick went down. 
a lot of guys on the line because they're having to compensate and help out for mm-hmm. Holt. That's just yeah. how it is. Mm-hmm. So we're going into Cincinnati. Again, Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns. What's it going to take, Jack, for the Browns to come out on Sunday once again, beating one of the hottest teams in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals? And what will be, I fully expect, a hostile environment for Deshaun Watson? Oh, for sure. Uh, well, look, it, it really does come down to, to, to one major thing, and that's getting pressure on Joe Burrow. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the t- a lot of our success on on beating the Bengals has been getting to Joe Burrow and forcing him to either make a mistake, that being he throws a ball that gets batted and then it gets intercepted, or having him rush rush through his progression and throw a bad interception, or having him rush through his progression and just throw an incomplete pass. I mean, even even in our game earlier this year, like if you get to him and you don't let him get to just like the first his first read, uh. You're, you you can succeed because he you he, his offensive line isn't that good, so like if you can get to him, you can get some sacks, you can get him behind the line of scrimmage, you you can find success because their run game is not that good. Even with Joe Mixon back, we saw it; it's really not that good. So if you can get them behind the line of scrimmage, force them to, into obvious passing situations, and then have guys that are capable of getting pressure, then you can you can absolutely. Like at least not you're not going to hold back the Bengals, especially with Jamar Chase back. You're not going to hold them back entirely, but you can at least throttle their efficiency and make it so that your defense can get off the field more often and give your offense more chances to score, more chances to to drain the clock, and really just get your offense, uh, you know, going, uh, rather rather than just letting Joe Joe Burrow, you know, drive down the field and do whatever he wants. That's like one of the major things that that. I think the Bengals have really gotten lucky with the last couple of weeks is that they've just been playing against guys who really are not capable of getting a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. So, yeah. Uh, so I think that's like the number one thing is just, we need to, we need our defense to keep doing what they're doing. And especially for guys like miles Garrett, Jadeveon, whoever is on the defensive, whoever is playing D tackle, they need to bring it because they need to be able to get some pressures and get some, and hopefully get some sacks on Joe Burrow. Yeah, that, that's Man, exactly what Jack, I was going to say. Jack, you hit it cause, all. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, too. Like, as long as your secondary can keep up with these wide receivers and then let, you know, the front seven get to Burrow, that's kind of been a recipe for success against them in the first place. Burrow is – he's really he, – he, he gets shaky under pressure, you know? So as long as you can keep that up, I, I, I don't see why we can't just re- re- keep winning against these guys because – once you take Joe Burrow out of the game, the Bengals are not a high-power offense anymore, obviously. So, yeah, Jack, you really did nail that, man. Yeah. Yeah, you, you hit yeah. basically everything that we were both going to say. So, great job, Jack. Well, well look. Um, well, look. Joe Burrow did my job for me. For me. They, 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 he talks about it. Like, what what makes the Browns so much harder to play against? Well, it's they, you have a guy like Miles Garrett who can just come around the edge at 100 miles per hour, and no one can block him. You need to double-team mm-hmm. him, triple-team him, chop him uh you need to do you need to do everything you can in order to stop him and he still gets even if he doesn't get a sack he gets qb hits qb hurries qb pressures he gets everything that you'd want that put that puts pressure on joe burrow and makes it harder for him to do his job and that's just what you need you need to be able to do to win this game you need to make joe, it harder for joe burrow to do his job yeah and by the way jack um miles garrett's numbers this year you have to look beyond just the sacks. He's 
Miles Garrett's on a plane on his own. It's yeah, just remarkable. To me. So as we are making our picks here, courtesy of Underdog Fantasy, Browns and Bengals in Cincinnati, who you guys got? Uh, look, man, this is going to be a rough one. This is going to be a really hard game. Uh, and honestly, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it until we, until the game actually starts. It's one of those, it's like with the Browns, with the Bengals game earlier. We, we, I don't know how confident I was in that game. Uh, it was, it, it's definitely going to be, be, uh, I think it's going to, it's going to end up being like a shootout, but I do think that the Browns are going to win it anyways, because I don't think I've ever chosen the Browns to lose this this year, so I gotta kind of just go go with my real quick right here. Yeah, this is this is my bad. I just realized something. We forgot to total up last week's results. Um, how'd you guys do last week? My bad. I went three and one. Three wins and a tie. Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> hey, you're in that column with me. I went That's four right. last week. Oh my gosh, this is. Terrible man. So, what is everyone's overall record? Uh, 28, 23, and one. All 31 right. and 15. 31. All right, one sec. All right, and I'm 36, 15, and one. Jack, you and I both have ties now. Now, Zach this needs one. Stupid man. Now, 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 Zach, now, Zach needs a tie. All right, nah. so Jack, you got the Bengals. Zach, who are you taking in this one? Wait, what the heck did you just say? You said the I took Browns. the Bengals. My bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah, my bad. I, I was reading Browns. something about the Bengals when I – The Browns are winning 30-24. to 24. Ooh, No, I'm kidding. Okay. They're not winning. They're, winning that. they're, they're going to win uh, They're gonna win 24 to uh, 20. MC Lawrence says Browns 31, Bengals 27. Chubb has 20-plus 20 carries. 20, first, first 20 plays, all carries. First 20 plays, I, all carries, I, and then they win. I think Chubb does end up ultimately winning us this game. But I got Browns thirty four, Bengals thirty one. Okay, all right. And Josh says Miles Garrett's numbers are what they are because holiness is illegal on anyone in the league except Miles. True. Also <laughs> facts. If Miles actually would just fall down when he's getting held, they'd probably call it. Anyway, okay. You guys both got the Browns. The Bengals are one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now, if not the hottest team. You're going to Cincinnati with a quarterback that in my opinion, is still rusty, and it's just going to take time to shake that off. I think if it gets into a sh- shootout in this game, I think Watson can somewhat keep up, but I just think the Bengals would be too much. I got the Bengals in Cincinnati. I think they're going to win this game uh, 31-24. I mm. uh, hope you're wrong, buddy. Listen, man. Wrong. I do too. I, I Honestly – if, Tyler. Watts, if, if this wasn't Watson's second game of the year, I'd probably pick the Browns. Tyler, here's the thing. This isn't just a game on the field. We have to think about the guys off the field, okay? Kevin Stefanski has never lost to Zach Taylor. So, unfortunately, that means he's due. No, that means that he will never lose to Zach Taylor, okay? I hope you're right. So, so, so that means that, I mean, look... Joe Woods becomes the best defensive coordinator. He becomes Bill Belichickian when when we're playing against Zach Taylor. I mean, who he's going to bring his A game. Sorry, and guys. Miles Garrett Sorry. becomes Miles Garrett when he when he plays against the Bengals. It's true. We'll we'll see, man. Like I said, I, I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong on this one. <laughs> As we move on, Jack, who else you got this week? Who's your who's your first pick? Let me go ahead and bring up 
the games first. Hold on. Wow, Jack is just slacking all the way around. Okay, week 14. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, yes. You know what, man? I'm really digging the Seahawks over the Panthers. Give me Gino. All right. Zach, who you got? Got to get back in that win column, I see. Hmm. I mean, a lot of these Let's games do... aren't. Let's do Bills over Jets. Okay. All right. Hey, man. Mike yeah, White. going to be a close one, bro. Mike White. Yeah. No, it will. As long as I Garrett, agree. I like As long game. as Garrett Wilson goes off and Josh Allen go off, I am okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> I got – let's see here. Man, they're not great matchups this week, really. Like, as far as, like, should be really good games. It's just crap matchups pretty much. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, man, even Thursday night football is a dud. Okay. I'm going to take the Titans over the Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence probably isn't going to play, or if he does, he's not going to be 100%. So I think I'm going to take Titans. Speaking of tomorrow yeah. night, is a former quarterback playing for the Rams? He might be active, but I don't know if he's going to start. Man, we ride with 17. We ride with yeah. him. We actually do. Josh Allen, baby. We do. That's true. We need the, That's Ram- true. We need the Rams. Uh, you know, I have these guys in fantasy, <laughs> and after what happened last week, I don't know how else I could, I could, I could go against these guys. Uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> what you say? The Cowboys over the Texans. I have the Cowboys defense in fantasy. Oh, that's a real fun too. point right there. I do pick. too. But I also but I also have Damian Pierce. So Oh no. Um, that's that's a rough one, bud. I did this last week and it worked, so I'm hoping this works again. So I'm gonna go Dolphins over Chargers because we need these tiebreakers. True. True. I have to hope Tua can play in that game. Oh fuck. Mm. Excuse me. Like my he's He's, I mean, I think he's going to, but it sounds like he's going to be limited. If, like, he's got a pretty, he was lumping pretty good last week. Well, um, I picked it. Give me Brock Purdy and the 49ers over, over, uh, Goat Mr. Tom. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. Already looking better than Russ. Already cooking more than Russ. Dude, Russ is just awful, man. It's, Kind of sad. Actually, insane how bad he is. Okay, okay. You know what? Who you ended with? You know what? I I really don't know if I hundred percent believe what I'm about to say, but I but I think that in the battle. Oh wait, hold on. Crap. This game's at (laughs) one o'clock. I don't think I can pick against Kirk Cousins at one o'clock. I don't think that's possible. You know, I'm going to do it anyways. Jared Goff and the Lions are going to. To beat the Vikings, dude. I it's thought going about it. It's gonna happen. I thought about it. The Lions are real, and guess what? Amon Ross St. Brown is doing the same thing he did last year, where he just goes off and just completely torches any defense he goes up against. He's he's doing it again 
Jared Goff is going to beat Kirk Cousins at a one in a one o'clock game. It's gonna happen. All right. Zach. Who are you ending it with? God, who else do we need to lose? We need the Raiders to lose. All right. Rams over Raiders. Let's do it. I hope so. Goodness, that game's gonna be painful to watch. Come on, number I don't seventeen. Even know if I'm going to. Come on, number seventeen. Dude, Aaron Donald's not playing. Cooper Cup. Yeah, it's Stafford. Gonna be, it's gonna be rough, man. Oh, that, that is gonna be so Devontae bad. Adams. That is gonna be so bad. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to roof of my brownies, bro. But at the end of the day, they gotta control their own destiny, man. Josh so Jacobs when... is about to go off for 300 yards, man. I hope. Yep. There's no doubt about that. Fantasy purposes, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right. For me, I don't want this to happen. I just think it's going to. Obviously, the Ravens aren't going to have Lamar Jackson in this game. Kenny Pickett's looked better the last couple weeks. The Ravens are so beat up at wide receiver, too. They don't really have anybody. I mean, they really don't, like, at wide receiver. You can take the Steelers over the Ravens in Pittsburgh. Mm. I don't want that one to happen. I don't but... want it to happen, but I feel like I do actually think that that's probably very likely to happen. You said the Ravens over the Steelers? No, Steelers, Steelers over the Ravens in Pittsburgh. Oh, no, yeah, I don't want that to happen either. I don't but... either, man. Look, man, if if Mike Tomlin somehow pulls this out and goes 9-8, and eight, I'm going to lose my mind, man. I'm just going to lose it. It would be... It would be the most Steeler thing to do. Honestly. It, it really would. As we're wrapping up this episode of the Faithful Dogs Podcast, gentlemen, a- any last thoughts um, before we end tonight's show? Look. Con- control your own destiny, Browns. Control Stop your own destiny. Other teams. Don't freak out. If, if, like, if Deshaun still looks bad, it's not the end of the world. Remember, this this whole, the end of this season – is not as important as the beginning of next season. We are. This is all in preparation. We're not going back to Jacoby. We're not. We're not going to try to salvage what's left of these games. This is all for the. If the whole purpose of these last five games is to get Deshaun Watson ready for if we somehow make the playoffs, somehow if we run the table, it's all for for getting him ready for either the playoffs or for next season. So don't. Yep. Don't despair. Don't think it's the end of the world. It's not. It's the end of the world. Really it's well said, world. Jack. Really well world. said. If you guys aren't following the show, be sure to give us a follow at FD Podcast CLE on Twitter. Again, thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Faithful Dogs Podcast. If you are not yet subscribed to the Network 216 YouTube channel, free to do. You're entered in then for a jersey giveaway. It'll be a jersey of your choice. And speaking of that, live on our YouTube channel tonight, the Network 216 YouTube channel, the Dog Chug will be live at 10 o'clock. So make sure you guys tune in for for that one. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We look forward to talking with you next week. And go Browns. (laughs) 